Hey folks, and welcome back to Night 3 from Under the Ring Skirt. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit on the fence about this one, but I'm going to say that's two out of two nights that I have been thoroughly sports entertained. Gentlemen, how about you? Yeah, I uh, would, uh, I'd concur with that. Um, Absolutely. Yep, I'm, yeah, I'm Mike here sure. with Ray and uh, Nick, as you, as you folks probably know if you're listening to part three of our three-part podcast on WrestleMania 2020 this year. Um, and yeah, we, we just got done collectively watching uh, the second night of WrestleMania, and boy, do we have some stuff to talk about, huh? Yeah, my head is swimming with it. We had some uh, we had some great matches tonight, starting with um, uh, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Yeah, that was um, you know for a for a top of the card match that was actually probably one of the one of the better one on ones of the night I think. Um, you know Rhea's a, a really kind of impressive talent from NXT. She she really put on a very good showing for that younger generation of wrestlers that are up and coming. Um, and Charlotte proved kind of once again why uh, you know she she is essentially the queen. Um, she just kept going and going and going, and she does not stop like the Energizer Bunny. Um, for the uh, for the predictions, Mike had Flair, and uh, me and Ray had Rhea Ripley, and um, Flair ended up coming out on top. Which gave Mike another point in the uh, in the competition we were having. Did that put him in the lead at that point? Because I feel uh, like he was leading for most of the night. No, I think that that tied me with Nick I, because I know I started the night with the lowest amount of points. Right, okay, right, okay. right. Yeah, he had to work his way up. Um. But yeah, I, I think that was one of the, definitely one of the more technical matches we saw between uh, one-on-one competitors tonight. Um, and uh, it was interesting, to say the least, uh, because Charlotte Flair really has won uh, pretty much every uh, belt there is to win since she has come up, uh, including... Before they got rid of it, the Divas Championship. Um, so back when she was in NXT, the NXT title, the NXT Women's Title, didn't exist. Uh, so yeah, um, her winning it is a is a pretty big deal, I'd say. And Ray, as a uh, kind of non wrestling fan, how did you feel about this match? Um, uninspired. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. I don't know. Well, you're here first, folks. Uh, Ray thinks that uh, <laughs> WWE is a big bag of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that. Uh... <laughs> I think that about sums up my feelings towards the whole and, thing. And uh, transitioning and, um, nicely with Big Bag of Shit, immediately after that match, we got a, <laughs> we got a wonderful promo for the Big Show show. Um, and, you know, we, we were just going to talk about the matches, but then that happened. Um, so, wow, with the Big Show on a sitcom on Netflix, huh? On Netflix, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll pick you up know, anything I know at that that's point. the meme, but, uh, like... Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fellas, I'm thinking I'm thinking our you next know. move is to pitch our Netflix original series. Um once of doing this yes, podcast. Yeah, we can get like a real dramatic kind of Tiger King docu series style um you know, film going. Oh perfect. About kind of like the dangers of I the don't... podcasting world. I haven't mm. actually watched Tiger King yet, but I've heard a lot about it. And from what I've heard, it sounds like it's a guy, and he's got a lot of husbands, and all of them are tigers. That is only one of a cast of characters, all of whom are absolutely absurd, and you want to kill all of them by the end, because they are all just... Yeah, I've heard it's pretty They are all miserable bad. people. Okay. 
Didn't, Sounds like a didn't good watch. someone feed her husband to a tiger or yes, something? Yes, that would be Carol Baskin. Um, but this is oh, not from boy. Under the Tiger King. Uh, this is from Under the... <laughs> no, <laughs> thank God. Spot, so. <clears throat> it's a different oh, kind of white trash. A, maybe that's a tease at our, at our next no, project. I don't think it is. I mean, you know, let's see how many views it we get on be. this one. Uh, um, but the next uh, match we had tonight was uh, Alistair Back versus Bobby Lashley, and there um, there wasn't much build up leading up to this match uh, in the coming weeks towards WrestleMania. They kind of just I feel threw this one together a bit to uh, fill out the card. To be quite honest, yeah, there and, wasn't um, anything particularly memorable no, about this. No, not really, man. Because there was, it didn't feel like there were any stakes on the line because there really wasn't. They, like I said, it was just kind of a card filler. And I would love to see Alistair Black used uh, better. Yeah, than so this, to so be I would like it was a solid match all around, but. Shit, I would say man. probably the most memorable thing about the match was Aleister Black's performance. I mean, you know, that that guy... Right, I wish there was any story or anything just to leave Yeah, he's, to he is a, a pretty pretty serious talent in the ring, though. And man, that costume department. Those shoulder pads were something else, huh? <laughs> but yeah, Ziggler Otis. That was some yeah, good that stuff. Yeah, Ziggler Otis match. That's the match we were all very hyped up for. I stand um, by everything that I said. Dolph Ziggler is still one of the hardest working men in the business. Just because he happens to play an incredible dick face heel, um, you know, doesn't mean that this guy should should have to lay down every single time he comes up to the stage. And you know what? That's fair. I can agree That's with that. Fair. Yeah. But but tonight, he laid down and he took it. And Otis yeah. gave it to that him. he did. I mean, but you kind of had to. You kind of had to root for Otis. Even I don't know. It kind of felt like they were all puppets in some larger game that we were not. We were still not made aware of, even by yeah, the whoever, end of it. Whoever that kind of man is. <laughs> yeah, the you kind of have to feel bad. This is the victim. Man. That truth or reveal woman. man or or woman. Woman Hacker with man hands. Woman. Um. Uh, that's that's the real culprit here. That's the real. Uh, that's the real Oz behind the curtain. You'll have to keep us uh, informed with how that one shakes out. I don't know. I'm 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 tempted to uh to do like a watching of Raw in the next few days with y'all, just because the Raw after Mania is always the one that's like buck fucking wild. We could talk about that off mic. <laughs> <laughs> we can um, talk about the possibility of that happening. But, uh, yeah. So Otis took that one. And, yeah, uh, so now we're going we're gonna to come to the first one that I think we're going to spend a little bit more time discussing tonight. Um, yeah, this was yeah. the Orton Edge match. And boy, boy howdy. If, um, you know, if yeah. the Ziggler-Otis match was kind of like a... Kind of a feel-good, you know, chubby guy wins and beats up the bully and gets the girl at the end moment. Um, what uh-huh. happened with Orton... Mm-hmm. The Shrek of wrestling, right. if what, you will. What happened with Orton and Edge tonight was like a hostile movie. Um, it, it was really... It was incredibly uncomfortable viewing for the majority of that fight, and I loved every mm-hmm. second of it. I think uncomfortable is the takeaway word here. Yeah. I was uncomfortable for most of it. Sitting up and very engaged, can't look away. I I compared it to a car crash that you can't stop looking at. <laughs> like you don't like it, you don't like looking at it, you don't like what you're seeing, but you can't not watch. So um, I mean they got was, me there, you know. Yeah. Um, we all predicted Edge would win, and uh, eventually after thirty minutes. <laughs> After 30 a minutes, fight in round the world. 
of watching a car crash that you can't look away from. Uh, he pulled it out. On yeah. top of a but truck, I believe they, they, they were. They were. The yeah, they, were, they were fighting on top of a truck, and Edge uh, hit Randy Orton with a chair, and then after Randy Orton was on the ground, uh, not moving, unconscious, quote-unquote, um, sorry for that terrible audio moment that just happened. Um, he hit him with a chair again, directly on the neck. Um, I mean, obviously that was what they were trying to make it look like, at least. And, you know, Edge won the match, but, I right, mean, yeah. did he really? You know, that he, he his, as a character, yeah. Edge has now gone to an incredibly, incredibly dark place. Um, it's going to be really interesting Ooh. to see kind of what they do with him now. I mean... You know, in the real world, what Edge did to Randy Orton would be called attempted murder. Um, so <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see how WWE's creative moves forward with that. Yeah. Um, All right. I, I, have a, saying... I have a question for you guys about this match. Um, what was your favorite location within Ooh. this complex that they were Ooh. moving around in? What was your favorite room that they fought in for a short Ooh. period of time? Definitely the little uh, server hallway. For sure. <laughs> server hallway for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the dramatic lighting, the the expensive equipment everywhere. Okay. Mm, mm. Yeah, for me it was definitely towards the end there on top of the truck. I mentioned this while we were watching it. It reminded me very heavily of um, a scene right towards the very end of Metal Gear Solid um, where... Solid Snake and Liquid Snake are kind of on top of this big destroyed <laughs> robot, and they're fighting hand to hand. And it's it's really just like a it's it's a brutal scene in the game too. And um, it was just it's very like cinematic. It's very kind of you know high drama, and I loved every second of it. I feel that. Um, very good analogy I think, for I our think gaming for me, channel. My favorite was. Um, the boardroom with the oh. inexplicably oh. placed uh, chain link fence yes, hanging the, from the roof. Yes, the ceiling oh, fence yes, was really yes. a feat of engineering. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. I'm glad we really all did have those those nice little moments to ourselves. Yeah, they were, there were a lot honestly. of nice moments. There were, and there were, you know, we picked three, but there were at least three or oh, four boy. other distinct locations that we haven't yeah. talked about. Well, you, you know what I'd like and, to throw uh, in there, too? And that In that scene that I'm talking about with the truck, we uh, we talked about this uh -huh. during the watch as well. Um, right, right towards the end, as they were getting up there, that giant ladder that went up into the rafters of the room. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then we were yeah. pretty sure they must have had a camera guy on there. And there's a moment where... Right, There's there a was... moment where Randy Orton's playing with the supports of the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like leans his full body weight against it, and you're like, oh no, is he going to climb this ladder to Valhalla and slam himself on top of the truck? But he doesn't. He bypasses the ladder and finds some other toys to torture Edge with. But, mm. um... Yeah, as we're watching, you realize there's a certain camera angle that's, like, level with, but not on top of the truck. So somebody right. must have been, like, way up off frame on that thing. And, like, just looking at it gave me vertigo. Was that horrifying. was the biggest ladder I've yeah, ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Big old and, But it was, like, one of those flimsy ones that they used to knock each other yeah, around Yeah, I know. Whoever, whoever was on yeah. that ladder yeah. was not getting paid enough to be on that ladder. Yeah. Mm, mm. Preach, preach. Yeah. Uh, right. But yeah, Edge Edge pulled it out in that last man standing match by uh, paralyzing Randy Orton for the rest really, of his life. Really living up to yeah. the rated um, R superstar mantra, that's for sure. Mm, mm. Oh, he did say uh, fuck the count at one point. Rated R yeah, that's that's the other kind of theme Rated that was running through the match. Both Orton and Edge at different points tell the, the referee to basically just get out of the way and let the match keep going. And um, 
Right. You know, the really this like this sense of like Edge was out to get revenge no matter what it cost him. They they showed a couple scenes where he like he would do a move like when he speared Orton on top of the truck, he immediately started grabbing his neck afterwards and you know I know that we all kind of like, you know, understand how wrestling works and everything, but also at the same time, mm-hmm. like the guy does have real spinal and neck injuries from back in the day. You got to wonder a little bit, right? Like you have to wonder how how close yeah. to reality yeah. are they touching with this storyline? Right. That's a, not incredibly, but like That's a ter- that's a that's a terrifying distinction to try to make. Mm. Yeah. The the lines between ra- reality and fantasy are heavily blurred. Oh yeah, and again, I'm here for every moment of it because I am I am thoroughly sports entertained at moments like that. Yeah. Absolutely. There was another uh short surprise um after that fight though. Oh yes. Something uh, I don't think any of us were uh expecting to happen. Well, earlier in the in the broadcast, um, uh, WrestleMania host this year, if you can call him that, Rob Gronkowski, uh, made a, a decree that he would be stealing the 24-7 title from his friend, Mojo Raleigh, who had stolen it from our truth the night before. Um, so... Uh, all of a sudden, after the Edge match and everything has uh, subsided and they've run some ads, you just see a bunch of boys running out of the back. and Like um, a lot of boys. They're all chasing after Mojo Raleigh. And they get him to the ground and they start beating on him. And then uh, it just so happens that they are under... The uh, most infamous balcony in WWE history at this mm. point in the weekend. It has been it has been used for I can't even tell you how many things since uh, since the uh, outbreak started and they've been filming in front of no audience. This this balcony will go down in infamy. Um, this balcony. Gronkowski is up. This balcony is essentially the WWE's grassy knoll. <laughs> Let's be serious. Yeah. 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 Gronkowski is up on the balcony. He's looking down at the carnage below him. And he sees his opportunity to make his declaration at the beginning of the night become a reality. This man hops over the railing and jumps down onto all these boys. Creating a a sprawled mess of bodies. Mm. Uh, Gronkowski immediately goes for the pin, and he he gets it. He successfully robs his friend Mojo Raleigh of the twenty four seven championship, and with that, we don't see him the rest of because the night. Because he he goes <laughs> out the side door of the performance his center. Ship. He gives he up his host ship to become 24-7 champion. And none other than Titus O'Neil takes over. Hmm. And uh, with that, I, I was able to explain to Mike and Ray where I had the original idea for our podcast name, Under the Ring. Yeah, I was wondering if we were going to talk about this. And it's... Uh, it's that moment back in the greatest Royal Rumble over in Saudi Arabia when Titus is running down to the ring. He trips right as he gets off the ramp and onto the styrofoam padded mat area. And his ass, his six foot tall muscular ass slides full on under that ring skirt. Like a greased up boy, like a <laughs> like greased, greased up penguin. Up boy, he he goes all the they way could, in, all the they way. They could under. not have filmed it better if it had been on purpose. <laughs> and it wasn't on purpose, and that was the beautiful part because 
um, the uh, commentators and the ref in the ring and even even Titus O'Neil himself uh, lost their minds laughing for a solid three minutes before <laughs> things could like slowly start to get back on track. Like there was a bunch of boys in the ring because it was the greatest Royal Rumble. So like there was a lot of boys in that ring already who could like keep the match rolling. But there was a professional referee, two commentators, and the superstar himself that it had happened to dying laughing for a solid three minutes before they could compose themselves. And, um, yeah, when, when we decided to do this podcast, I thought back to that moment instantly and was like, under the ring skirt. It's, uh... It's a good you might have to go ahead and look up the right gif of that there. moment if you haven't seen it because it really just keeps on giving. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. It's better with every go around. Yeah, truly. And that's truly. exactly how we get under there, you know? We just grease up our bellies, take a running start, and slide down. Like the like the there. penguin slide in Super Mario yeah. 64. Exactly like that. The music It's actually playing. a lot more spacious under here than people might think. Yeah. yeah, that's very very true. I mean, there's a couple of ladders and like loose chairs and shit, but you know, it's fine. That's okay. It's okay. I found a sledgehammer under here one time. No what? way! It's no okay. way! It's okay. So, what was that next match of the night we looked at? Um, after the robbery of the twenty four seven championship for a second night in a row. We had the uh, Street Profits versus Angel Garza and uh, something theory, Austin theory, Austin theory. That's uh, it. That w- with Zelina Vega accompanying them to ringside. This was uh, certainly a match that happened. We- Huh, we predicted uh-huh. the Street Profits would win. There was a lot of good energy in this match. And you guys were feeling it from the Street there Profits. There was some high-flying action. You were. I, 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 heard, I heard some excitement in one or both of your voices at, at least at one point or another. Yeah, it, it, was definite, it was definitely uh, a solid, you know, 15, 20 minutes of wrestling. There's no question there. Um, yeah, and tonight did end up being longer than last night. I don't know... But we all know Which why that match is. is exactly um, went well, longer the edge, than others. The time, edge one felt like it went for like forty minutes. That was yeah. I think that might have taken up the most time, but it's hard to tell when you're watching. Honestly, it was it was like you could go back and look at that. And they like went through a lot of locations it, it could be like and stayed there for a and while. You'll be like oh. Um, but yeah, we predicted Street Profits would win, and they indeed did. Uh, but the, um, shocking thing was, after Street Profits had won, they had, uh, they had started to take their victory laps, you know, jumping around the ring happy and stuff. But then they got attacked from behind from the losers of the match, the double A's, <clears throat> and um, all of a sudden, uh, one of the Street Profits' wife, um, Bianca Belair, her music hits, and she's running down to the ring with her... Why... Uh, why are like you recounting hair. this moment like Christopher Walken? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a shocking moment, I believe. It was. A, I mean, it was okay. It was I think. I think I the thing to take away from it happened in the match. She beat the shit out of Zelina Vega. That was cool. Yeah, that, I think. And, um, I think the takeaway from it was. Uh, the the sexual tension atmosphere that was created after she beat the <laughs> shit out of the other girl, 
and her husband, fiance. Yeah. I don't know. Husband. He like crawled up on the ring and like. Oh my god. I don't. I don't know, man. There was just there was some looks going on. There was some <laughs> moves going. There was some hair twiddling. Oh and boy. It was a. Uh, oh boy. It was it was hot and heavy to say the least. I think that's the if real takeaway If you thought there was big that. dick energy in Becky's match last night, wait till you watch. I don't know if I'd call it big dick energy. Maybe uh, just it's dick just energy. a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just an old dick energy. Like if wrestling had bedroom eyes, that would have been it. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and then they just got a bunch of girls up oh in that ring. Oh, boy. And they took their sweet time with that one, too, yep. didn't they? and I would just like to say, as I predicted on part two of our podcast, um... I think that was part one. I think you said that the first night. Yeah, yeah. Okay, part, part one. one. Um, many, yeah, many moons ago. Yeah, it does feel ago. that way. <laughs> so many moons ago. <laughs> It was prophesized. Um, we we all took a big L on that one, uh, which means I got a point. Yeah. But um, yeah, Vince did exactly what I figured Vince would do with this match, and um, you know, honestly, the night probably would have been no different had it not occurred. I can agree with that. I would I would concur as well, honestly. Um, there were a lot of points where they could have done something interesting with it. They kind of like teased mm. at uh, Sasha and Bailey possibly uh, not working together and not, like possibly, you know, fighting over it. But yeah, yeah, no, nah, even that was just a huge letdown. And, like there was a lot of he- heat coming off Tamina going into this match. People were thinking. She might win. I'm not saying nope, anybody in our group necessarily, but, like, you know, people online. It was a nice stretch to see every other competitor in the match have to band together to take Tamina out of the, uh, the match. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Showing off how, how, you know, uh, powerful Tamina is and how, you know... How much you need to truly take her down, but after her being here, like just as long as the Usos and never holding any kind of championship title at all whatsoever, it's it's a, it's a tiny bit sad, to be real. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about wrestling. I don't watch very often. From but from what I've witnessed in the last couple of days, I'm just not very impressed by Bailey. Even from last year, I just, I don't know, I just feel like she doesn't do anything on her own. Yeah, even even when she made the jump from good guy with the uh, arm waving two men to bad guy, uh, she's still kind of just a boring character right now. Yeah, yeah, I She doesn't have much her. going for her besides the fact that she's friends with Sasha Banks. And Sasha Banks just came back from being gone for a while. And not even just came back. She's been back for, like, close to six months now, probably, so... Yeah, and it, you know, it, it, it still uh, seems like they're kind of building this Sasha Banks is eyeing the title angle, because even when she did help Bailey pull out the win at the end there, you saw that she... Mm. Her gaze lingered for a while on the belt before she handed it back over to Bailey. I'd agree. Yeah, it was I'd like a, it was that. like a my precious moment, you know? I, I was like, convinced hold on in to that, that moment, ring a little too long. I was convinced in that moment that she might actually still betray Bailey right then and there. I was like, hoping for a little bit of excitement, something. something. But no, no. She handed that's that okay. shit off and watched Bailey celebrate. So all of all of the disappointment we felt from that was quickly uh, wiped away by something that I consider quite possibly the best, like piece of media I've ever consumed. That was, it was, I wish, I'll, I'll get this out of the way and say it, because I have nothing else but praise for it after this, but I, I wish 
it was more like the the Taker Styles match. I wish there was more match. I wish there was more rap. No, I liked I liked exactly how I disagree totally. I liked the lack of really any yeah, contact. This was a at very all. spooky dark hmm. web web series weird dark media kind hmm. of thing that happened, and I was a hundred percent for it. It was so cool. Yeah. The Fiend basically we, we are took of course, uh, we are of course John talking Cena. about The Fiend versus John Cena in the Firefly Funhouse match. Right. Right. Where uh, The Fiend took John Cena through a... Um, oh god, what's that Christmas story where you get pulled through your past, present, and future? Why am I drawing a blank on it? Is that it? a Christmas carol? Yeah. Yeah, Christmas He pulls carol, him like. ghost like through a Christmas carol, <laughs> making him relive all of like failures. his Yeah. And like again, I don't I just wanna stress how much I don't watch wrestling. But even I was like, Oh shit. Like this means something to somebody. And it means something to me now looking at like they, they did a good job at like making me care. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm, yeah. it, was it was it was really impressive. Um, I mean, you know, we we saw some stuff in there that uh, you know WWE hasn't touched in a long time. I mean, cutting in footage from WCW was, you know, that's that's crazy. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was all again, over the place. I do just want to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back here. I called this shot as well. I did predict. I still feel like you should get a I mean, point for I, that. I don't disagree. Um, we we watched John Cena get psychologically tortured for 15 to 20 minutes uh, and then blinked out of existence at the end. Right, like in the exact, like, like there's no other way to interpret how you predicted this match was going to go. And it's exactly, like, to the T what it, it was. It was really... Yeah, and it was yeah. a funny joke the first night, but then to watch it happen, it, it, I felt like I had fallen asleep. And it, was again, dreaming. this was very similar, um, kind of in result, if not overall feeling, to the uh, Orton and Edge match. It it was very unsettling, and I don't know who they have working in the uh, you know kind of storyboarding department right now that has this darker streak and is able to get it into the storylines. But I yeah. am really loving the work. Maybe it's CM Punk. Maybe he's back there writing. You know, I never even took that into consideration. That would be such a CM Punk watch swerve. Just right. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Really, just had the. Uh... Ray was the one with the CM Punk watch. We just cut. Tonight. We just cut to a writer's yeah. room. You know, three years from now, and you see a man <laughs> scribbling away with taped hands behind a desk. That's exactly what I pictured too. Like he's just in his wrestling regalia. It it was me, Vince. It was me all along. Oh poor Cena. But yeah, Cena did literally blink out of existence. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they bring him back from the shadow dimension to which he's been banished. Right. I'm telling you. Yeah, it feels like they've killed off a lot of their stars. All the answers we want are going to be on Raw. I know that can't be true, because they can't... They can't be all the answers, because then there's no reason to ever watch wrestling again. I mean, most of the unanswered questions we have from tonight will be answered on Raw before they move on to new storylines. Because after Mania's over, it's like, time to wipe the slates clean, because... Soon after Mania is like the superstar shakeup where they trade superstars between the shows and shit. Like the entire the entire thing is gonna switch up soon and be like new storylines and shit. So whatever's gonna be answered, it's gonna be answered on Raw and SmackDown this coming week. Sounds like a wild ride. Yeah. But yeah, so Mike took the point for that one uh calling both exactly how the match was going to be played out and who was going to win which was ultimately the the fiend 
I mean, if you give Mike a second point for that one, he ties with you, and then we'd come down to some kind of tiebreaker. So, I, I'll well, leave now that you up just to y'all, I guess. But yeah, but that would be uh, that would probably be more interesting. Spoiled what? We already said Cena I'm, got I'm down dragged with that. into a Cena got dragged into a pocket dimension. Oh, there was no, we had spoiled no, it already. No, no, we didn't think that John Cena was going to get dragged into a pocket dimension. No, nobody said that. No, I'm no, I'm saying like you said I just spoiled the match, but like we had already spoiled well, the next it earlier one. in our discussion. And the fact, okay, let's just keep going. So, after that uh, very weird experience wrapped up, um, we moved into the final match of the night. Uh, this was the big one, folks. This was Brock Lesnar, the uh, undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion of the WWE, versus uh, Drew McIntyre. Um,. And I had my money pretty firmly on Brock Lesnar because, as as we know, Suplex City is a WrestleMania favorite, and uh, we we saw some Suplex. We did. City Suplex City did make an appearance, but then something happened. Yeah, yeah that Claymore that old switcheroo. Claymore Country was a uh, a little bit stronger and forced tonight. I'd so. say. You know, the thing that bothers me... What did he take? The, like, three or four in a row? The thing that bothers me about these matches with Brock Lesnar, um, really the last, like, four or five years or so since he, um, let's say, unceremoniously ended the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania, um, mm, mm. in that moment, Lesnar was supposed to be kind of like this this mythical figure that dethroned the undethronable. Um, you know, and that match, he, he took a beating and then just absolutely, you know, tried to bury The Undertaker. Um, after that, they, they stuck with the Brock is this untouchable, unbeatable beast angle for a while. But to have him yeah. drop this title to somebody like Drew McIntyre, I just, I, I don't get it. I mean, I know Vince likes big dudes, but like... It, it just for it. Yeah, I can see I where you come from. Um, Vince saw something in Drew back in the day that I don't think any of us will truly understand because even back in the day, he was he was less than lackluster. He was essentially awful, running around with three man band and shit back in the day. It was just it wasn't a good look for anybody. Like. I'm shocked. Uh, what's his name from Three Man Band is still around? Heath Slater. Uh, Heath Slater. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure he's still uh, technically active roster, even though he's very seldom used. Or like, I think he might be on Two Hundred Five Live now, or something like that. I mean, it's just it's just crazy to me how Heath Slater got to stick around. This entire time, when Drew was let go of, and had to claw his way back in nine years later, just to get the championship match he was promised back in his fucking prime, back when Vince McMahon really had his back. Like, I don't know, man. This feels like it's all too late coming to him. It's it's weird. It's really yeah, weird. It also felt like a very lack. Like, watching Edge and Orton, watching Drew win this title, like, are we in 2009? What is happening? Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing, too, was it was it was kind of a very lackluster finish to what had otherwise been a pretty solid quality night of wrestling. Um, it, it, mm, was yeah, pretty, mm-hmm. it was it a was, pretty quick yeah, match. I, I, we went, I, you know, Brock got in. I called it from the get-go. Less Brock than got minutes. in. I, I said it as soon as it Brock began. got in a couple suplexes and, you know, a few F5s. Um, and then that was it. That was the ball game. Um, it, it really, I don't know. It was just, a, it was a very odd choice of way to end the night, in my opinion. Yeah, I, yeah. I genuinely wish once they figured out 
like mania wasn't going to be held as normal they should have done what they did with that boneyard match and made the cena bray wyatt match the last thing all of us saw because ending the night on that would have had such a bigger impact than ending the night with the lesnar drew mcintyre almost throwaway six minute match that we saw yeah i agree I knew they were, like, I might, like, Mike said something earlier before we uh, started recording, and he said um, that that I'm too close to wrestling, because I watch constantly, to make uh, accurate predictions, because I basically came out in on the bottom this year for predictions. And I think he's right in a way. But with this one, I can tell. I could tell that they were, they definitely were pushing McIntyre to win. Uh, it was, it was too coincidental in the way he came back, in the way he won the Royal Rumble, and um, from there, it's just kind of obvious because WWE has a saying: if you win the Royal Rumble, uh, you're almost guaranteed to win the title you go after there has there have been like maybe three people who have ever won the royal rumble and then failed to get the title they went after with it same goes for like money in the bank there's only like two or one person that's ever John like Cena. cashed in and like fucking fell flat and on it was john face. cena or their face yeah um yeah, so that's that's what I gotta say about that. It, it felt it felt strange, and we should have ended the night on Cena Fiend. A more interesting note for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was another point for both you and I. And right. um, and um, at that point, there were no more points to be doled out. So right. uh, Ray is the big WrestleMania winner this year. And that means next year he gets to decide whether or not we are punished or if we owe him prizes. Glorious, Hmm. glorious prizes. I think, I feel like... I want to use my newfound royalty and part on our sir, uh, Mike Kane, because he really, he really did pull one out. He, I really am impressed with how accurate he was about that Cena match. Um, I think I'm only gonna uh, either inflict or. Uh, Take something from Nick, and uh, I'll wow. I'll sit on that for a year, and I'll figure it out, and I will exact my revenge in Hollywood. Well, I I humbly okay. accept your royal right. pardon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe uh, if you have any good ideas of like fun shit, we can make. Yeah, we've him got do. a year to plan this out, so plenty of time. Yeah, like put his butt on one of the Hollywood stars or something. I don't know. But yeah, um, there was some other stuff. We all kind of got sucked into a, that first look of Undertaker's The Last Bride. Mm, um, yes, that was, um, it was kind of, uh, disturbing almost was a good word for it, but it was so interesting too. Um, this man is literally killing himself for this business from what I think I that's true for most of that. the older wrestlers. Yeah. Well, no, because not everyone is stuck around that long to keep doing it year after year. You don't see Stone Cold Steve Austin still getting in the fucking ring. He could do it a lot better than Taker, too, if he wanted to. He's in... He's younger, one, and he's in a lot better shape. Yeah, I mean, so, we only saw we only saw I, about the first 10 or 15 minutes of the doc there. Um, 
but it, it was really, it gripped me right from the jump, and uh, I definitely can't wait to go back and, and take a look at the rest of that. I don't even I don't even think they announced when it's fully happening yet, did they? I'm not even yeah, sure. Yeah, I think the I think it's uh it's going up on the network tomorrow. The first look was tonight and then it's you know, they're they're dropping it. Nice. Okay. Alright. Um also for next year, uh in accordance to us winning uh with predictions and the such, we're gonna be uh implementing a tighter ship around that. Paying closer attention to our original predictions and making sure we remember them. Uh, maybe throwing in some uh, special categories where we can gain uh, extra points for maybe, uh, predicting maybe a more specific shit. For points. A wagering Bet system can be made. Possibly. Uh, also, I am going to personally look into crafting us a title belt so next year whoever walks away as the winner will walk away for the year with you mean when um, i ultimately retain the under the ring skirt title belt with my vast knowledge now, I, feel, of I feel bad that ray uh won't be able to hold on to this um Don't. <laughs> in talks about belt. Don't worry about it. For you don't the need next to feel bad. Year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send a consolation prize his way for now. Um Okay. And since Ray <laughs> has given Mike Kane the royal pardon, I shall also grace him with a consolation prize. Cool. Nice. Because that would have technically tied them in points. And if Honestly, Ray doesn't want to have a tiebreaker, if she wants to just give the pardon instead and he accepts said pardon, then consolation You know what I think it was? I think Mike, um, Mike, on the first night, you made the joke that I was the podcast resident uh, expert on wrestling, and you, you breathed my expertness into reality. Yeah, I, I mm. think that is pretty much what happened. I mean, magical thinking is real, and, you know, yeah. now here we are. Yeah, because pretty much everything you said that first night came exactly true to fruition. So just, you know, keep keep an eye on, like, the hypotheticals you throw out there for the next couple of days. You know, just, uh... Or the next few uh, months in this climate. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, hype, hypothetically, if yeah. $10 million showed up in my bank account tomorrow, I wouldn't really be upset about it. See, that's that's the kind <laughs> of thinking we need. That's the kind of thinking we need right now. Really get this channel right off the ground. Yeah. Alrighty. We'd have to change it to Manzari Bros and 1K in gaming. Would we? I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't we? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think if Mike Kane suddenly got ten thousand dollars, ten million, his first thing would 10, be to 000? buy out. I think our... you said ten million. Oh, ten million? Yeah, I don't think he's doing anything with us anymore, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we got to worry about him being involved in the YouTube channel. Yeah, maybe just sending you guys a cease and desist letter to pull down these episodes of the podcast that my voice is oh, illegally no. being used yeah. on. Exactly. Jesus. That sounds about um, right. And with that, we're kind of, uh... We're kind of at an end here, boys. Yeah, I think I think that yeah. kind of a WrestleMania brings us to and, uh, um, the end of our our first annual uh, under the ring skirt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could be back for a post WrestleMania week special next weekend discussing Raw and SmackDown. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll do more pay per views in the future. Stick to the bigger ones. Uh, maybe, maybe not. If not, we'll definitely see you next year for WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. I know I had a good time. Um, I mean, it did pretty much eat up my entire weekend. But let's be honest: what else are 
What else are what we else doing? What else are any of you us know? doing right now? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this with us. Thanks for thanks coming for out. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the wrestlers. Thanks to the crew members who made the watching of all of this possible. Uh, we hope you're all staying safe and healthy. And uh, we we uh, don't sure. want to part the kimono too much, but um, just as a just as a little bit of a heads up, definitely keep an eye on the YouTube channel here. Um, we're gonna have some more stuff coming in the the pretty near future. Um, it's gonna be a little bit longer form. We're we're talking about doing maybe an actual play podcast with some tabletop role playing games. Um, we've got a couple ideas mm. kicking around for that, and. Uh, yeah, I think we'll we'll have a pretty good time. Absolutely. So, um, you know, turn on your notifications, subscribe, like, comment, and share. And subscribe. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to ring that notification bell. Oh boy. Smash it! Check out our merch link in the description below. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't think we have. There's that no yet. merch link. Yeah. There's no merch link. We don't have anything. If you want to make merch, uh, don't. I'll sue you. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Oh man. Um, but yeah. Uh, I guess with that, um. I guess with that, that's been Nick, Ray, and Mike, that guy, Kane. I can't uh, believe. Under the I can't believe we're at the end of the podcast and you had to say, Mike, that guy, Kane. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of unsavory nicknames we could pull out of the, pull out of the closet. For really any Nick. of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's going to do it for us here on From Under the Ring Skirt, folks. Thank you for joining us for our first annual edition of the podcast. Um, yeah, we, we look forward to spending some more time with you in the future on some other projects that we, uh, we have coming down the pipe. And uh, remember, stay safe and healthy out there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm calling it. Ring that bell, ref. <laughs>